All right, all right, all right. What's up? What's up, ladies and gents out there? Hope everybody's doing good. Hope things are going well with you. Um, today, I just want to talk about First uh, Kings chapter 1. I want to talk about the end of David's reign and the beginning of King Solomon. And in this, there's a, a lot, a ton of things that, that we can pull from. Uh, you know, the, the, the story, uh, the text, the messaging that's there. Uh, but for today and for this particular topic, uh, we're going to focus on the subtle things. All right. It's the subtle things. Father, in the name of Jesus, I sure God, thank you for allowing me the opportunity uh, to, to speak to the masses, whomever, Lord God, may be under the sound of my voice. God, uh, everyone counts. Everyone matters. Everyone is uh, a, a beautiful part of your creation. Uh, and God, for those of us who are children of God in the body of believers, God, it is even more so uh, that we come together, that we come to an understanding of uh, your will for our lives, Lord God. And so every way that we can lift each other up, encourage each other and, and iron sharpen iron, God, I'm, I'm thankful for those opportunities to both be used and, uh, and to also uh, be blessed, Lord God, to be a blessing and to, and to, uh, and to benefit. So God, I'm thankful uh, for this opportunity. And I, I pray that you use me and use this opportunity for, uh, for your kingdom, for your, your kingdom to grow. Uh, for the edification of, of those of our brothers and sisters, Lord God, uh, for the strengthening, uplifting, Lord God, and uh, for your will and your way uh, to prevail on this earth. In Jesus' name, we do pray. Amen. All right. So 1 Kings chapter 1. Um, here we are at the end of David's reign as king. Uh, he has had a life. <laughs> oh, man. David has had a life. Man, David has gone through uh, all kinds of different things, ups, downs, ins, outs, the in-between, all of, all the things that you can think of from being pursued uh, by the king, the previous king before him, King Saul, uh, not pursued as in wanting to, to, you know, be brothers, be cool. No, pursued as in he wanted to take him out. Uh, he tried uh, earnestly, if you will. <laughs> uh, he tried valiantly. I, I don't know whatever words you term you want to throw out there sarcastically to say that he wanted David dead, and he was trying his best, uh, his darndest, if you will. And he was really, really after uh, the life of David. So that's how David is is actually um, introduced into kingship, if you will. Is it is through him trying to be. An, an actual advocate for uh, Saul, for Saul, uh, someone who is in Saul's corner that can help Saul. Uh, he actually is a chief musician. He, he he plays and and is able to to calm Saul and and uh, and to bring bring him to a place of peace. But in Saul's head was the turmoil of seeing uh, what could possibly be and would soon actually be his successor. Um, and so he had his issues with David from the very beginning. Um, David, this this great, uh, you know, this boy who came into greatness out of nowhere, who was out uh, tending to the sheep, tending to his father's sheep, uh, about his father's business. Uh, you take that for what it is, and uh, and then all of a sudden, it's like he rises into uh, the 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 power that he has when he comes into Saul's life. Um, it's like overnight. It's like an overnight success almost. But what people didn't know was that. 
Uh, David was actually about his father's business. He was actually doing the things that he was supposed to be doing out there, taking care of those sheep, facing all kinds of different obstacles in preparation for the ultimate obstacle that he would have to face in a giant named Goliath, who was the champion of the Philistines, who was an actual giant, a literal eight foot plus man, um, massive, uh, whose armor was just incredible. And, uh, and his strength was incredible. And here it is, this little shepherd boy, as he was classified as at that time, uh, coming into a place where warriors, trained warriors, were not able to, uh, to, to be successful. And coming in be, because of his faith in God and because of his faith in who he was in God, he was able to step up to this uncircumcised Philistine, this, this, uh, this Philistine who is not in the will of God, and take him down, take him out. And, uh, and from there, man, it's like, wow, things just went boom when it came to David's life. It's almost like, you, you know, you, you, you making music and you, you're doing things, you're writing stuff. And then all of a sudden, the, the right set of ears hear the right song at the right time. And it's like you've been this great artist for a long time. Well, no, he was being groomed, uh, you know, if you will, for that opportunity. So it is important that we position ourselves uh, to, to be obedient to God right where we are, because you never know when it's going to be your turn to be called up to something greater. And your training will tell on you. Uh, so if you're ready... Uh, then it, we will be able to see, oh yeah, this person is ready. They're ready for the challenge. David was ready for the challenge. He had faced opposition when it came to, uh, you know, lions, tigers, and bears. Oh my, all kinds of things coming after the sheep. Uh, and him being there, a shepherd boy by himself, but having the mindset to protect the sheep at all costs, uh, was able to, in faith, move and 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 you know slay anything that came after the sheep and so now was a different set of circumstances but the same principles were at play still where you're supposed to be position where you're supposed to be being obedient to god moving in the strength of who you are in god through faith and the sheep just happen to be people now uh and now you are shepherding from a position of a warrior and a and and defeating a champion uh, who was uh, presumably undefeatable uh, up until that point. So we we fast forward now through David's life, a, a life in which uh, he he rose to to um, you know to stardom, if you will, fame, uh, kingship through those set of circumstances that eventually led to uh, Saul taking his own life and David taking the throne. And David has his reign where he is has awesome awesome. Uh, accolades and achievements uh, as a king, but then also a lot of pitfalls and downfalls, including a lack of integrity when it came to his relationships, in particular, the ultimate one by which he, uh, it, through a plan, devises a plan uh, to take out uh, Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, because he wanted her so bad. OK, so so that that is the the ultimate lack of integrity when it comes to his relationship to his people as a king, um, his relationship to this married woman, um, you know, and his relationship to a person who was in his army. Uriah was in his army and he set it up to have Uriah killed in battle so that he could have Bathsheba for himself. So these are all things that follow along with with David and with the life of king david 
Um, so a lot there is a lot that is taking place there. And um, and despite all of that, um, God has still kept his house, uh, despite the fact that he had issues, even as a father with governing his children. Uh, he had a, a lot of issues with several of his sons. And here it is on his way out yet again, David dealing with an issue when it comes uh, to his sons. Uh, but but it is a result of the subtle things. OK, so let's read here. Um so when King David was very old, starting at verse one uh, of chapter one of first uh, Kings, he said, when David was very old, he could not keep warm, even when they put covers on him. Uh, so his attendant said to him, let us look for a young virgin to serve the king and take care of him. She can lie beside him so that our Lord, the king may keep warm. So then they searched throughout Israel for a beautiful woman and found uh, Abishag, a Shumanite, and and brought her to the king. The woman was very beautiful. Okay, the woman was very beautiful. She took care of the king and waited on him, but the king had no sexual relations with her. Listen, I, I want to make a quick point right here. This, this is kind of, uh, you know, uh, off offline a little bit, but online at the same time. Um, it, it is ironic here that when we look at the fact that there was a beautiful young woman in the kingdom and within right standing for her to be able to come in, serve the king and even be with the king in right standing, he could have married her, could have, could have had her um, as a bride. Um, but he had no sexual relations with her because now he is at a point where he is so worn down and worn out. Um, in himself, in his flesh, and 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 you know, and in his life, that uh, here it is, a beautiful woman in the kingdom under right circumstances, where he was able to, if he wanted to, bring her in as a wife, but now unable, body not in the right right circumstance. But now here it is, he's about to deal with something that is a reflection and and actually a repercussion of the situation from Bathsheba and Uriah. Um, and, and, you know, and it's because of the things that we sow, when we sow things, uh, whether they be good or bad, we have to reap a harvest of those things. And so he's still reaping the harvest of a lot of bad choices and decisions. And that one being one of the major ones, but the point being that this is why we cannot put trust into the flesh and why we don't need to bury ourselves in chasing after the things of the flesh. Why? Because only the things of God will remain. Only the things of God will last forever. Uh, so, so here it is. He's done all this chasing and doing things. Um, but now he's at a place where he can't even get any enjoyment out of that, even if it's right. He can't, he can't, you know, he's, and but he's paying for the things that he did when he was in wrong standing and doing the wrong things when it came to his flesh and making the wrong choices um, outside of the will of God. So, so it is important that we understand what we do today is going to affect us tomorrow. So while we're able body and able to, let's make the right choices and decisions so that we're not dealing with the repercussions and, and reaping the things that we sow when we were younger um, and having to deal with harsh realities because of the issues that we faced and, that we, and the mistakes that we made when we were younger. So let's keep that in mind for, for the younger generation in particular. Uh, what you do today will affect you tomorrow. Once again, it's the subtle things. Um, so back to our story here. So um, and and Adonijah, 
Um, he is the son of uh, the son of King David. Um, his mother is Haggith, and he had put himself forward, uh, saying, "This I will be king." Okay. So what he did was he went and got chariots and horses ready with fifty men to run ahead of him. His father David had never rebuked him, asking, "Why do you behave as you do?" It is also to note that Ananijah was very handsome and was born uh, next after Absalom. Okay, so once again, the subtle things. Quick note right here. It, 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 you know, I think God allowed certain details to be printed inside of His Word, inside of this book, the Bible, because He wanted us to pay attention to certain things. Um, otherwise, He would allow, you know, He, he would allow it to be left out. Not a big deal. Um, even through the interpretation, I think it's important that you know that we give God enough credit. Uh, for him being a, an awesome, powerful, sovereign God, that he would have control, even if men wanted to try to manipulate things a certain way, that he would have enough control to say, wait a minute, nope, I'm going to make sure that this is even interpreted uh, in a certain way, because I want to make sure uh, that my people uh, are not led astray by wrong words, okay? And uh, and that's why we study, and that's why we we study even interpretation and things of that nature. But why I feel like I I feel like I am very confident in the fact that God was sovereign enough and great enough to put the right things in the right place for us uh, to absorb it, and uh, and the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us in His Word uh, to pull out the things that we need to pull out for our edification, so that we can walk closer with Him and understand Him better. Um, and what is taking place between God and man. So right here, it is something how he allows it to be pointed out that David had never rebuked his son. Once again, it's the subtle things. I can think of several situations where, uh, you know, God has revealed something to me and the thought process was, oh, you know, I'll get to it. Uh, but, but the Holy Spirit would not allow me to just make that a get to it moment uh, without getting to it in the moment. No, you're not going to be able to rest until you deal with this. Why? Because if you mess around and allow this to fall through the cracks, this can prove to be detrimental down the road. There are certain things that I need to say to my children right then and there. It's not a moment where I can let the moment pass and then come back and revisit it later. Guys like, no, you might forget or they might not understand the way they need to understand because the moment has passed. So certain things when they come up, we need to address them because once again, it's the subtle things that creep up on us after allowing things to go for a certain period of time and not really addressing them the way that we're supposed to address them. So here it is, a situation where uh, some of these things that are going to take place could have been prohibited um, by David just stepping up and rebuking his son. Hey, man, what's with, what's with all these chariots and stuff? What you doing, man? What you doing? <laughs> you know, but because he's old, worn out, he's he's gone through so many things, uh, some of the stuff that he put himself through and other things that he just had to face, that he is at a place where he is missing the opportunity to put his son in a corrective place and to further uh, father and parent, but also to further be a king uh, to his kingdom, even though he's on the way out, okay? All right, so Ananajai uh, conferred with Joab, uh, the son of Zuria, uh, yeah, Zuria, Zuriah, 
and with Abiathar, okay? Abiathar the priest. So he's got, basically, he's got uh, some buddies that he's going, he's rubbing elbows with. They're in the kingdom. They got pr uh, pretty high places, priests and everything like that. And he said, hey, y'all, this is what I'm trying to do, okay? I'm going to be the next king. And they're kind of like, um, okay, we, we got you. So they gave him support, okay? But uh, Zadok, the priest, uh, Benaiah, and uh, son of Jehoiada, uh, Nathan, the prophet, uh, Shimei and Ray, and David, special guard, did not join Adonijah. They did not. They didn't join him. They was like, mm, nah, bro. I, I don't think what you're doing is right. Um, we can't get with that because David did not give the authority uh, for you to be king. So you are positioning yourself based on your own will and what you want to do. Uh, but that's not how kingdom works. And we understand that um, it is important that we understand the power of order. Order is so godly important uh, to us in life, but then especially when it comes to the kingdom of God and the things of the kingdom. A lot of times we get ourselves in, in diverse situations and crazy predicaments because we're out of order. Simple as that. Simple as that. We're not in the place where we need to be or we're not um, respecting the proper channels the way we need to. Um, I, for one, uh, cannot stand when people abuse authority particularly when it comes to, um, you know, a bad leader. But I also just as much so, if not more, cannot stand uh, when people are not respecting leadership properly. Um, I hate side conversations when people are supposed to have an order when it comes to a certain thing. Um, things are supposed to go through pastor, for instance. It's one thing to have a conversation with other uh, people in the church, leaders in the church um, to say, hey, is this a good idea before we run it by pastor? Let's talk about it and make sure that it even makes sense. That way we're not bringing him something that, that you know, doesn't even make sense or something that we know is not doable. But it's way different when you're sitting there and you're having a side conversation about something uh, that that is dealing with something in the body, dealing with something in the church, and you're having that side conversation as if to say, we're going to get this together without pastor's knowledge, and then we'll just roll it out on, you know, and uh, and then he'll just have to make an adjustment and, and, and you know, and, and, uh, and that be that. That's a different situation. Or when, as the Bible says, um, you know, God is not the author of confusion. Um, and so, you know, when you stir up confusion by having side conversations with people um, as if you are in a position of authority to have certain conversations and to even get stuff going. Uh, the Bible also talks about sowing discord. Uh, it's not something that you would like to do, but that is the place where you find yourself in when you have any side conversations. So these men who were loyal to the throne of David uh, decided that they weren't going to be a part of these side conversations, that they weren't going to be a part of uh, this, this side uh, deal that was happening with um, Adonijah because they was like, nah, man, uh, David is the king. And without his authority, whatever you're doing is not right. We don't care who you got to back you up. We don't care who you got that's with you. Uh, none of that stuff matters to us. What matters to us is doing what is right in God's eyes, which is doing what is right in when it comes to the order and establishment of this kingdom. So order is so very important.
Um, so, uh, so Adonijah then sacrificed sheep, cattle, and fattened calves uh, at the stone of Zoheleth near uh, Anrogel. He invited all of his brothers, the king's sons, and all royal officials of Judah. So here it is. He bringing all the people in now, as many as he can, uh, to celebrate him uh, <laughs> anointing himself as king. Like, 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 let's think about that for a minute. That would be like, once again, I just use the church as an example. Um, or, or you know what? I'll use the church as an example, and I also use a personal example j- just to bring it home for everybody, right? Uh, but that would be like, like a person in a congregation having side conversations with people um, and pulling together a few leaders and then coming out and announcing himself or herself as the new pastor. Right. Without any type of uh, go ahead, say or any type of authority from the from the pastor himself, who's already in place. Crazy. That would be like me coming home one day and my son, my oldest son, stepping up to me and saying, hey, dad, uh, got with some of my brothers and sisters, uh, decided that we need a new dad. So I'm dad now. Um, and they are all with me. They acknowledge me. Um, you know, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, Krista is not with me, uh, you know, and neither is, uh, is Kilani, you know, they're not with me, but I'm not worried about them. I got the rest of them. So yeah, I'm, I'm the new daddy now. <laughs> no, no way. No man in his right mind would even let that come close to happening. Um, but this, this is what's happening underneath the kingship of David. And it's not like this is just some some guy uh, in the kingdom that had some position. This is his own son. So these are, are once again, repercussions from things that were sown into David's life, uh, you know, that, that were just not right. And so he is reaping some things here that he has sown. So once again, it's important to make good decisions, but also to respect and let's maintain order. Um, so then Nathan asked Bathsheba. Oh, wait a minute, hold on. Let me let me let me back it up. So he invited all his brothers, the king's sons, and all the royal officials of Judah. Now, verse 10. But he did not invite Nathan the prophet or Benai or the special guard or his brother Solomon. Why didn't he invite any of those? Because he knew they were loyal to the king. And of course, his brother Solomon. Uh, he did not invite because he knew that it was it was rumored and and it had gotten out to certain people, not everybody, but particularly the family, that Solomon was going to potentially be the next king. So he didn't want Solomon there because then it would be possibly some confusion around, well, who is the king? What's going on? Okay, he's definitely not going to invite Nathan, a prophet or anybody else that is on the side of his dad, King David, anybody that's in order. Listen, sometimes it is God's will for you not to be a part of something. Sometimes you are left out of something on purpose because that is not what God has for you because it's out of order. Don't sit around and be upset and and overtaken by grief because certain people didn't invite you to certain things or certain people didn't acknowledge you and pull you into their club. 
uh, sometimes that is an indication of God that that club is not for you, that that club is not uh, the order for that he has for your life, that that is not something that you should be wanting uh, to chase after. Sometimes you just have to realize that God is helping you win and that you are winning, even though the world may look at it as you're losing. You don't need to be in every club. You don't need to be in every situation. You don't need to be in everybody's whatever that they have going on. Okay. Sometimes God is just looking out for you and saying, not my son, not my daughter. You don't see the things that I see. Okay. This was not a party that they were left out of because they're bad people or because they're not talented or because they're not uh, smart or they're not popular or whatever. This was something they were left out of because they were in right standing with the king. Come on, somebody. Somebody know they ought to rejoice right there. Sometimes you get left out of certain things because you're in right standing with the king and the king does not want that right standing to be jeopardized. Neither should you. There are certain places that you shouldn't want to go and shouldn't even have an, a desire to go because they're not doing the right things. They're not in right standing with the king. Let's stay in right standing with our king. All right. So then uh, verse 11, then Nathan and Bathsheba, Solomon's mother, um, uh, or Nathan asked Bathsheba, Solomon's mother, have you not heard that Ananijah, the son of Haggith, has become king? And our Lord David knows nothing about it. Um, now then, let me advise you, <clears throat> and he's, he's telling them, now then, let me advise you, you can save your own life and the life of your son Solomon. Go into the king, David, and say to him, my lord, the king, did you not swear to me, your servant? Surely Solomon, your son, shall be king after me, and he will sit on my throne. Why then, and this is what he wanted her to do, ask this question, why then is Ananijah uh, becoming king? Why, why has he become the king? Um, while you are still there taking uh, talking uh, to the king, I will come in and add my word uh, to what you have said. So this is what the prophet is saying, saying, while you're in there asking him these questions, I'm then going to come in and I'm going to add my two cents in there as well so that he can understand just how important this situation is. OK, and just how dire this situation is. Um, I want to stop there for one second and just insert this, if you will, um, the importance of choosing successors. It is so very important that whenever a throne is vacated, that the successor is rightly appointed. Once again, it is a matter of order because otherwise you can have chaos that comes up through the ranks and then someone ends up on the throne that don't belong on the throne. So it's, it's godly important uh, that a successor is named by the king who is leaving out of that position. No matter what you have, it could be a business with a CEO or whatever the authority is. Um, you know, that authority, it is, it is very important for that authority to establish who is going to be in authority next so that the stability remains the same. Otherwise, instability can creep in there. You do not want whatever circumstance, situation, business, church, um, you know, property, kingdom. You don't want it to be in disarray or disorder for no amount of time. So you want to make sure that there's a clear understanding of who's in the leadership whenever the king is no longer able to perform his or her duties. 
um, you know, leadership is not a, a, a there to to perform his or her duties in that particular area. Um, I look at it from the standpoint of whenever I leave the house and children are left to attend together because I have some that are older, I have some teenagers. And so I trust them to stay at the house for a small period of time, <laughs> limited period of time, you know, to, to help govern the younger ones and look after uh, some of the ones that are younger uh, to, to keep order in the house while I'm gone, if, as particularly if myself and my wife are not going to be there for whatever amount of time. And so it's important that I speak uh, clearly and in front of all the other children to whoever I'm leaving in charge. So usually uh, that's my 17-year-old son. Um, he is my oldest. And uh, and usually he is the one that I am speaking to uh, in this situation. And I am clearly speaking to him, letting the other children know in front of them that I'm resting the authority on him. But I'm also challenging him to use that authority the right way, to not abuse it, uh, and to make sure that if anything comes along that is too much for him to handle, that he reaches out to me so that I can then delegate and, and help, uh, you know, to, to lead him and guide him to a right decision. Uh, but it is important for me to establish that because otherwise, if I just leave and I don't say anything, well, everybody's going to be pulling in different directions, doing what they want to do. And no one is going to be um, you know, have the authority coming from me to be able to stand and say, wait a minute, hold on. Uh, no. And stand on my authority on that. No, because they see that that's a wrong thing or an action that shouldn't be taking place. Um, and, and so that's the way it has to be. Uh, but that's just me stepping out. This is a king actually stepping down, knowing that he is going to um, sooner or later succumb uh, to, to death. You know, he's going to be at the end of his life, but he's definitely getting to the place to where he can't be the king and a ruler um, the way that he needs to anymore. As we see with the circumstances that are taking place right, right, right there in his nose. These things are happening. You know, he couldn't even keep warm. So he's that ill in his body that he needed uh, a young lady to come in and work at helping him stay warm. OK, so he's got a lot going on in his old age here and, uh, and, and in his feeble body that he needs to make sure that order is established before he goes uh, to to, you know, off into the sunset, if you will, um, as the king. So once again, it's important to establish a successor. If you're stepping down, if you're stepping out, someone needs to be in charge and everyone needs to understand that that authority is in place. That is to once again, maintain order. Now, um, so Nathan has has conferred with Bathsheba. He's talked to her. He's uh, given her this advice of how to speak to the king, what to say. And he sent her um, on a mission to try to get the king's attention on this matter. Uh, so Bathsheba went to see the aged king in his room where um, Abishag, the Shunammite woman, was attending to him. And Bathsheba bowed down, prostrating herself before the king, um, and he uh, he then asked her, what is it that you want? OK, that's what the king asked. What is it that you want? And she said unto him, uh, verse 17, my Lord, you yourself swore to me, your servant by the Lord, your God, Solomon, your son shall be king after me. And he will sit on my throne. But now Adonijah uh, has become king and you, my Lord, the king, do not know about it. 
He has sacrificed great numbers of cattle, fattened calves, uh, sheep, and has invited all the king's sons, Abiathar, the, uh, Abiathar the, the, the priest, and Joab, the commander of the army. But he has not invited Solomon, your servant, my lord, the king. The eyes of all Israel are on you to learn from you who will sit on the throne of my Lord, the King after him. Um, so she's, she's really pointing out a very important thing. All eyes are on you, King. You have the authority. Uh, you have the final say here. And everybody's looking to you for guidance. This is still your position. You have not died yet, even though you are of age and, and you know, even though you are aged and you're, and, you know, you're going through the things you're going through. You have not left us. You are still held accountable to the authority of this throne. And the people are looking to you to bring order to this chaotic situation. Um, otherwise, uh, verse 21 Otherwise, as soon as my Lord, the king is laid to rest with his ancestors, I and my son Solomon will be treated as criminals. All right. So this is crazy right here, because what she's basically saying is, listen, man, if you die without res uh, restoring order to this situation, this situation will kill, uh, basically kill me and my son. We're going to be treated as criminals. We're going to be ostracized, probably thrown out of the kingdom, if not our lives taken. OK, uh, possibly made slaves like we're going to, to be thrown into chaos because of this situation that's happening right now that you need to bring order to. And only you have the authority to bring order to it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, particularly um, our our fathers and mothers, uh, you know, in situations with our household, there are there are circumstances that's happening right now that only you have the authority to fix. Only you have God is giving you the authority to bring it to order. OK, and if you use that authority correctly and are correctly guided by God and through the Holy Spirit, you can bring order to situations in your homes. You can bring order to situations in your communities. Uh, you can bring orders to situations on your job, but you have to utilize the authority that God is giving you the right way and be guided by the Holy Spirit so that you can bring that authority. Some of us like King uh, David, in this situation, we have gone and let time go past without rebuking uh, the people that we need to rebuke, without putting things in the proper order the way that we need to. Yes, I know you're tired. Yes, I know that uh, the, the the people, the young people don't listen the way they used to listen, uh, or that's the way you feel anyway. Um, I know that, that it seems like uh, there's so much chaos and confusion and rebellion around us, but that is where we have to rest assured that if we are doing the right thing, if if we are doing the thing that is within the order of God's established kingdom, then we are moving on the authority that is greater than our feelings, is greater than the circumstances, greater than even the attitudes and behavior uh, of some of our young people. So we have to move on that authority through faith and make things happen because we can definitely make things happen uh, with God. So uh, it is important that we see that. So that is what she's basically saying, telling the king, hey, I need you to step up right here, man, because you're the one that can do this. You're the one that can make this thing right. And if you don't, we're in big trouble. All right. So 22, while she was still speaking with the king, uh, Nathan, the prophet had arrived and the king was then told Nathan, the prophet is here. So he, uh, Nathan the prophet, went before the king and bowed down, uh, bowed with his face to the ground. 24, then Nathan said, 
have you, my Lord, the king, declared that Adonijah um, shall be king after you and that he will sit on your throne? So that's the first question that he asks him. Then he says, today he has gone down and sacrificed great numbers of cattle, fattened calves and sheep. He has also invited all the king's sons and the commander of the army and Abiathar, uh, the, the priest. Right now, they are all eating and drinking with him saying, long live Adonijah, uh, but me, your servant and Zadok, the priest and Benai, uh, son of Jehoiada uh, and your servant Solomon. He didn't invite us. Uh, he did not invite us. Um, 27. Is this something my Lord, the King has done without letting his servants know who should sit on the throne of my Lord, the King after him? Yo, it is something how prophets deal with Kings. I love the way uh, the prophets de dealt with Kings because, you know, here it is. He's basically saying the same thing uh, Bathsheba I say it's probably saying it almost to to the T exactly the same on purpose to, to let him know that, hey, this is not just something that's in the wind here. This is something that's really happening. And now you have two witnesses bringing it to you. But the way that he asked that last question shows his um, authority in God as a prophet. Uh, is this something my Lord, the king has done without letting his servants know who should sit on the throne of my Lord, the king? After him, I mean, I mean, did you did you do something in secret and you just didn't tell us? Because surely this thing is not happening without you knowing. Surely this thing is not happening. I mean, Bathsheba had came right out and she had said, you know, it, this thing has happened uh, without you knowing about it. Uh, Eighteen, she said, but now and Adonijah has become king, and you, my lord, do not know about it. So she came right out and said, you don't know about it. That's not the way that smooth prophet came in, knowing his authority. He, he challenged the king as a man of God, but as a king also. He challenged. He said, surely this has not happened and you didn't know about it. There's no way that this thing took place and you was unaware. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Not the King David that I know. The King David that I know would not be doing these things or allowing these things to go, go down and not know what's happening. He's definitely aware of what's happening in his kingdom. I know this. So, so what had to happen was you had to do this in secret, and you just didn't tell us. So, so, so is that is that? What, <laughs> so, I love the way that that he came at him, and uh, and and he challenges, um, challenges David in his authority, and uh, and so now. David has to speak. <laughs> yeah, David got to address this thing because not only is Bathsheba brought it to him and made him understand that her and his son is in danger, but then he's also been challenged by Nathan the prophet on what is right as well. So then uh, 28, then King David said, call in Bathsheba. So she came in into the king's presence and stood before him. 29, then the king took an oath as surely as the Lord lives, who has delivered me out of every trouble, I will surely carry out this very day what I swore to you by the Lord, uh, the Lord, the God of Israel. Solomon, your son, will be king after me, and he will sit on my throne in my place. All right. So there he has made a declaration. 
All right. He has declared it. So now it is set in stone that this is the order. He has came and established the order. Why? Because it is important to establish order between kings. You have to have a successor. That order has to be maintained. Otherwise, that kingdom, that establishment, that church, that uh, that that situation on a job, whatever it is, is in jeopardy of collapsing or in jeopardy of falling into bad leadership because the stability was not maintained by the successor properly being named and order being maintained from one leader to the next. So that is important for us to understand how the order of God works and it does work and it is important. So 31, then Bathsheba bowed down with her face to the ground, uh, prostrating uh, herself before the king and said, may the Lord King David live forever. King David said, call in Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benai, uh the son of Jehoiada. When they came before the king, he said to them, take your Lord's servants with you and have Solomon, my son, mount my own mule and take him down uh, to Jehan, uh, to Jehan. There have Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet anoint him king over Israel. Blow the trumpet and shout, long live King Solomon. Then you are to go up with him and he is to come and sit on my throne and reign in my place. I have appointed him ruler over Israel and Judah. So right here. The, the, the king is establishing himself once again as the authority of the land by establishing his successor. He has gone to the, the people who have maintained the order. This is something that is so important as well. We got to make sure we got to make godly sure that the people that we are putting in place to help maintain the order are themselves in order. Uh, what you do not want to do is give a person authority who is already challenging the throne. Uh, he didn't go and get anyone from the table that was sitting around the table with Adonijah, his son, trying to uplift him as king. No, he went and got all the people who actually was maintaining the order of the king and said, you guys are going to help me establish the order going forward. Why? Because you are already respecting the order yourself. Uh, we got to ride with the right people who are riding with God in the right way. Uh, that's the only way to do things when it comes to your life. If you are putting people in places that can hardly be trusted or that you are questioned uh, where, where you question their relationship with God and whether or not they truly love the, the, the situation that's going on in your household or in your church for that matter. Uh, when, you're, when you're rubbing elbows and starting to make friends and, and fellowship with people who are griping and complaining about pastor and first lady and the things that they are doing and not doing in the church instead of respecting the order as it is established and you find yourself in a place where you can really violate uh, not just the throne of God and the order of God and the will of God, but man, you can violate even yourself because you'll find yourself being one of those same people with the same issues as those that you are running with. This is why it is so godly important to maintain this order. The enemy looks to get you when you are in a place of transition. That's where he wants to strike. It is never when you are established and you're good and things are going good in your life and everything is flowing the way it needs to flow. No, 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 no. He wants to challenge you when you are in an in-between state. 
when you are transitioning from one thing to the next, because that is an opportunity to attack things because there's some shaky ground there because it's transition. It's moving. I love the fact that God a lot of times speaks to me through different things uh, that I see from, from movies and shows to just nature. God has a tendency to speak to my heart. And, um, and there's a show called Stranger Things. And in the Stranger Things uh, episodes, uh, the enemy in that episode or, or in that show, rather, the enemy gathered strength in a place called the in-between. <laughs> and, it, and the in-between was like a, a place, as, just as it says, it was like in between this realm and, an, and another kind of evil uh, dying realm. Right. And it was trying to take over this realm that as we know it uh, with the evil. Right. Um, and so it's all fictional stuff. But basically the reason why I like certain things or, or am able to see certain things because I see the struggle, the power struggle between what is deemed as good versus what is deemed as evil. And it's what we face uh, every single day with the, the authority of God in the kingdom versus the enemy and the authority and the principalities of this world, which are trying to infiltrate and, and take down the things of the kingdom of God, uh, but to no avail, of course. Uh, but as we look at this story with, with strangers, things um the the power that the enemy gained in the in-between was enough for them to be able to make things happen on this side of things this realm as we know it and and so we have to see that the enemy's power usually uh is geared towards catching us in the in-between in the in-between place when we're transitioning from one thing uh to the next that is where the enemy's strength lies um the nothing was another way of saying the in-between it was the nothing um it was it was a place where nothing could grow nothing could live nothing could flourish um, the enemy wants to have us in a place of nothing instead of us transitioning to a place of growth. Whenever a transition happens in, in the kingdom in particular, we should go from one good thing to another good thing. We should go from one level to another level higher. Um, what the enemy looks to do is he looks to, to see our transition result to nothing. Um, that's what he looks to do. He looks to, to bring you down or to stop you from being able to maneuver and elevate the way God wants you to elevate. So we have to put the enemy in his proper place by keeping things in his proper order, making sure that God is honored and that we are including the people of God who also honor the order of God. If the people are not for you and for the things that God is doing in your life, don't be trying to bring them into the celebration uh, of the next phase of your life, because nine times out of 10, that person might be somebody in the in-between that's trying to mess up your transition. All right. So get your get your get your people right. That's around you. Get your crew right. Get your get your folks right. Get your team strong. OK, but make sure that everybody's on one accord when it comes to you, when it relates to what God is doing uh, in your life, in your situation that might be for somebody i don't know um but we just want to use that uh to understand the the power of making sure that authority is right now we stay in the order of god um let's see so we're moving on with our story here so they've sounded the trumpet they've shouted out long live uh king solomon um and uh and so let's go down here to verse 38 so zadok the priest uh the prophet okay so they got all the people together they they put solomon on david's mule and i'm kind of moving ahead here so we can 
so we can move on. So verse 39, Zadok the priest then took the horn of the oil. So now they have Solomon mounted on King David's mule. Okay. And they're, they're courting him through Jahan. And, uh, and they got a horn. He's got uh, Zadok. The priest has the horn of oil, uh, from the sacred tent. And he's anointed Solomon. So the people are seeing now the order established through the rituals that are usually performed when a king comes into power and authority. So they're really uh, taking the opportunity to say, wait, 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 hold on. What's going on over there with Adonijah and all them? No, 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 no. That's not it. This is what's it. So they're further and establishing the order. Um, then they sounded the trumpet and all the people shouted, long live King Solomon. Verse 40. Uh, and all the people went up after him, playing pipes and rejoicing greatly so that the ground shook with the sound. I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that so much um, because it is important that we realize um, that the ground shaking symbolizes the fact that it was time to interrupt what the enemy was doing. Some of us need ground shaking experiences in our life right now. We need to shake the ground with the authority of God so that the enemy understands that whatever they're trying to do in our life is not where it's at. That is not what's happening. No, we need to call out the things of God the way they are and the way they should be so that the authority can be properly established and shake the ground underneath the enemy's feet so that the enemy understands and is disrupted to the fullest degree with anything that he or or, or whatever it might be plotting inside of your life, Right. Um, and that's what I love about it, because see, we, we got to understand when we're in this in-between state and, and we're in transition, we're vulnerable. And a lot of times in our vulnerability, this is where the enemy comes in and opens up different portals in our life to bring people in and things in that has no business attaching themselves or, or the things attaching itself to us. So in this in-between state where we might be a little weak, weary, tired, whatever the case may be, or even just overly excited and not paying attention to the things around us, it is easy for distractions to then jump in there, people to then jump in there that is not for God, that is not within the will of God, and really put us in a very bad place. Now we have portals that are open up. And, and go back to straighter things, because that's crazy. It's how, that's how it happened in the show, right? Like the, the, the enemy, every time the enemy would strike, it would it would open up a portal between one world and the next to, to further allow more evil to climb into this world. Well, that is what the enemy does with us when we are in a place of vulnerability. It then comes in and brings something into our lives that doesn't have any place in our lives. And when we welcome that thing, it then becomes a portal for other things to come in. Um, they used to call marijuana the gateway drug. Why? Because they're saying if you start with that, then nine times out of 10, you may graduate to other things. It's not always the case as I've, as I've heard with, with some people, but it has been the case with a lot of people. Um, and so, you know, that's why they say it's kind of like a portal to open you up and introduce you to influencing drugs that will influence your life in one way or another. Um, and, and there are several things that become uh, influences in our life that open portals for other things to come in our life. That's why we have to be careful with the dangers of certain things like porn, pornography. Uh, it could start off small with you just looking at 
at pictures in a magazine. And then it goes from there to you actually watching videos and, and, uh, and streaming videos of people carrying out sexual acts. So you went from a still image to now live footage of people doing things um, in the flesh. And then you go from that to actually acting things out yourself, filming things yourself, doing things yourself, trying things yourself. Why? Because you allowed a portal to be opened up in your life. Some of us need to move with the authority of God and shake the ground so some of these portals can be shut inside of our lives. Amen, somebody. Let's let's go through and let's let's go throughout our families and our households, men and women of God, and let's shut some portals down, right? Let's shut some portals in our lives. Let's shut some portals in our children's lives. Uh, let's shut some portals down, down that may have been opened up inside of our homes, inside of our ministries, inside of our own minds and hearts. Uh, it's time to shut the enemy down. So let's shake the ground and shut the enemy down. Amen. Amen. Uh, so, so here it is, uh, verse 41, Adonijah and all of these guests who were with him heard this sound. They heard it as they were finishing their feast. On hearing the sound of the trumpet, Joab said or asked, what's the meaning of all the noise in the city? <laughs> I love that right there. He had to look at the new king <laughs> and say, hey, man, what's the meaning of all that noise? I thought you was the king. What's happening over there? Right. Uh, verse 42. Uh, even as he was speaking, Jonathan, the son of Abiathar, the the uh, the priest arrived um, at Anajah said, come in. A worthy man like you must be bringing good news. Forty three. Jonathan looked at him and said, not at all. Not at all, Jonathan answered. Our Lord King David has made Solomon king, and the king has sent with him Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benai the son of Jehoiada, and the Kerithites and the Pelethites, and they have all put him on the king's mule. And Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet have anointed him king in Jahan. From there... They have gone up cheering and the city resounds with it. That's the noise that you hear. Moreover, Solomon has taken his seat on the royal throne. Also, the royal officials have come to congratulate our Lord, King David, saying, May your God make Solomon's name more famous than yours and his throne greater than yours. And the king bowed in worship on his bed and said, praise to be to the Lord God of Israel, who has allowed my eyes to see a successor on my throne today. Oh, my goodness. If this was not a momentous and joyous occasion in this set of circumstances, because the enemy had gotten shut down 110 percent by the move of the man of God who Though he was slow in moving and though he had to be, uh, you know, kind of, you know, coached along by the people in his life. Thank God for people in his life who love God and understood the power and authority of maintaining order and properly naming a successor that they cared enough to come in and say, hey, King, something's going down and you have the authority to straighten it out. Get up off of your situation and make this thing right with the authority of God. And now. Now look at what's going on. The true successor, the true order of things has taken place and the enemy has been shut down. 
the reason why this is so important is because some of us are facing challenges right now in our relationships. Some of us are facing challenges in our commitment. Some of us are facing challenges in different situations in our lives. Why? Because there's been portals that have been opened up all week long. You have allowed things to come into your life all week long because you're in a vulnerable state. The authority is not maintained the way it should be maintained inside of your life and inside of your situation. And so the enemy has began to bring things into your home, into your life and your mind that don't belong. But now is an opportunity for you to stand on the authority of God and shut the enemy down by going through and really leaning on the word of God and the authority of God to shut down every single portal that has been open. Every single thing that is not like God, that is rolls up in your life needs to be shut down today. Um, you know, <laughs> we look at situations sometimes and, and, we, and we play them like they're small. Um, you know, some like flirting with, 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 you know, other people when you're married, you're flirting with other people on, uh, you know, on the IG or on the Facebook or whatever social media platform. And you think it to be a small thing until it leads to an opportunity for those small portals to lead to a, a big evil coming in. And next thing you know, you have a fallen situation or a situation of temptation that is taking you away from, from being the authority in your marriage and in your house the way that you need to. Well, I'm here today to tell you that this is an opportunity for you to shut that down. Listen, if you are really the man or woman of God, then stand on the authority of God and the will and the way of God. Shut that thing down in your life. You know it don't belong there. You know they don't belong in your inbox. Shut that thing down in your life. Don't play around with it. Why are we playing around with that thing as if that snake won't bite? Come on now. Let's not do that. Let's go ahead and put it in its proper place. Get it right so that we can get things in authority and in order for God to move in our life exactly the way that God is supposed to move. God is the established order. He is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. His spirit is yes and amen. That's his way. His power and authority is with you. He has made us a tree planted by living waters to bear fruit in his season. So why are we tampering and playing around with the things of the enemy? As if what God has done is not enough. If there's issues there, it's because we are not standing in order and in right authority. So we need to stand in order and in right authority so that those issues can be extinguished and that so the will of God can take place. So let's get it right. Let's get it right. It's time to shake some ground in some of our lives. We don't have to stand back and let situations just come and become whatever it is that need to become in our lives. No, 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 no. That is not the case. 49. Let's get back to the story. We'll wrap this up. 49. At this, all Adonijah's guests rose in alarm and dispersed. Mm, ain't it something how the enemy will just scatter after it's been confronted and exposed? Woo-wee. Look, just rolls up. And, all y'all that came together to eat with me and see me off as the next king, y'all hear some trumpet blows and hear about uh, a mule ride. And next thing you know, all y'all done left me. Y'all gone. That's because they wasn't standing on nothing to begin with. Only the things of God will last forever. Only those things of God. You got to understand that. Got to get that. But Adonijah, in fear of Solomon, look at this now. Look at this now. In fear of Solomon, went and took hold of the horns of the 
altar. He says, let King Solomon swear to me today that he will not put his servant to death with the sword. 52, then Solomon replied, if he shows himself to be worthy, not a hair on his head will fall to the ground, but if evil is found in him, he will die. Then King Solomon sent men and they brought him down from the altar and Adonijah uh, came and bowed down to the King Solomon and Solomon said, go to your home. This is important right here today. I want people to understand this right here. Good gracious. Solomon's first act was an act of wisdom before he even asked God for wisdom. He made an act of wisdom right then and there. It shows that his successor, David's successor was the right person. Even before he got to a place to where he was really moving in God and, and gracing and doing things in God. He already was showing characteristics that Adonijah did not have. And that is the, the position to be able to respect authority enough to make a just ruling. He told him, he said, look, some of us would have went on ahead and just killed the joker or got rid of man. You trying to create rebellion and confusion. I'm about to get rid of you right now. So I don't have no competition going forward, but no, he delegated and moved with authority within his heart and within his mind, understanding that this was a delicate situation. This is still my brother. This is still my father's son. This is still a member of the Royal family inside of this kingdom. So I don't need to just move harshly and rashly. I need to think things through. Okay, here's the thing, man. As long as you do what's right, you will stay right. But if you start to act up again, if you start to do something crazy again and try to act like you want to take over the throne, then brother, 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 let me tell you, it's going to come down on you, come down on you hard. Now go home. Most of us, man, when somebody wrong us, they do us wrong, man. It's like, nah, you know what? I can't fool with you no more. I don't want nothing else to do with you. I don't ever want to see you again. I don't want you to ever see me. But that is not the right way to do it when it comes to who we are in the kingdom. In the kingdom, we're supposed to take a step back, remove our emotions from that thing. Not to say we don't feel the emotions. We do feel them, but the emotions shouldn't drive us to make a harsh and rash decision. No, 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 no. We should step back after we embrace those emotions for what they are, step back from that situation and look at the whole situation for what it is, the whole set of circumstances and say, okay, what is this thing? We should look to preserve the relationship as much as possible because that is still a person who is a creation of God. And if they're in the kingdom, that is a child of God, even if they've done something wrong, even if they've missed the mark. So we have to treat it as such in order to move the way that we need to move with the authority that we should move with. So now we're sitting here and we're looking at a, at, at a situation where a king has come in and reestablished order inside of his kingdom to get the enemy out. And he's moved into a position, the successor, who is now going to take things to the next level when it comes to the kingdom. The enemy has dispersed what I love also is Bathsheba. Bathsheba said, wait a minute, hold on. These things are happening, but this is my son and his livelihood that I'm talking about here. 
I can't just sit back and relax and allow these things to come at us and hit us knowing that they're going to be detrimental to us and knowing that it's going to jeopardize my son's future mothers. It is time out for stepping back and standing back and allow things to come inside of your house, to allow things to come inside the lives of your children, to let men in different situations come into your life that ain't got nothing to do with the authority that God has placed in your son and the future that he has for them that does not want to see right for that child does not want to see right for you does not want to see right for you both and see God move inside of your lives the way God needs to move inside of your lives it's time out for dealing with people that are not going to find themselves lined up with the authority of God and allowing God to move the way God needs to move inside of your life and inside of your children's lives you can be a protector in this circumstance in this situation where you say we are going to align up with God and if a person comes in here and they're not the same, then it's not going down. We are going to shake the ground until that enemy has to disperse. We're going to hold ourselves in the order of God, which means holding our body, which means holding our character and doing the right things that we need to do. It's not just women. It's some single fathers out there that's dealing with the same thing. Don't just accept anybody coming in just because they look good, they smell good, and they may even sound good. You got to make sure that they are right for what God is doing and positioning in your life because the authority of God, the order of God needs to maintain and sustain beyond anything else, period. So we got to stand up and stand on the the authority that God has brought into our life, the order that God, it's got to line up with his will. It's got to line up with the word. It's got to line up with his way and what he's trying to do in our lives. When God makes noise, it is undeniable of what God is backing. So when God is speaking something, it is undeniable that that is him, that it's his authority. What is he saying in your life today? Can you hear his voice or are there other voices that are coming in, crowding your ears so that you cannot hear what God is saying? Are you in the word enough to be able to distinguish the difference between the voice of God and the voice of the enemy? Are you fellowshipping with God enough in your private time, praying and worshiping God in order to distinguish the difference between a voice that is coming from the enemy and a voice that is truly the voice of our King of Kings and Lord of Lords? Remember, it is not the big things that come out of nowhere that splash themselves down upon us. It is the subtle things that slowly drip inside of our lives that create the puddles that slip us up, that cause us to fall into pitfalls, that cause us to drown in iniquity. It is time for us to shed some portals inside of our lives that are not uh, the things of God, that are not there because of God, but that are there because of those weak moments in our lives of transition where we went from one thing to the next, one issue to the next issue, and things came in and settled themselves in our lives. Let's shut those portals down and let's allow God to be who God needs to be so that we can stand on his throne, stand on his word, stand on his authority, stand on his love, and understand who we are and whose we are so that we may move as the kingdom allows us to move. I love you. I thank you for this time. And I pray that you have been blessed. Till the next time, God bless.